Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Selling Wine, the B2B podcast for wine professionals. After a long, long, long break, uh, we finally produced some more episodes. Uh, this uh, last September, I spent several weeks in Rioja and I did some interviews there. Um, this one is with Arturo Artuke. He was recommended to me by many people to talk to and we are talking about redefining Rioja wine styles. Yeah, we had some major shifts since the last episodes. Um, this podcast got some very exciting new sponsors. So uh, let's talk a little bit about them. Uh, this podcast is made possible by Wine Plus. It's the biggest European community for wine professionals and also for private wine nerds. Uh, it's made possible also by Amorim Cork. They are the world's biggest supplier of cork. And by Aero. Aero is a German company that uh, produces full harvest machines and Aero recently merged with Ferrand. So thanks to all of them. Uh, thanks for supporting me with uh, finances and also thanks to supporting me with reach. And now please enjoy the episode. Arturo, I've been traveling the Basque country now for two weeks. We started uh, from uh, Bilbao and moved down here. And uh, we watched some uh, documentaries about the Basque history, like the really, really long Basque history. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I, coming from Germany, I don't have a sense of being 150,000 of years of history. What is it like to be Basque? Can you, can you talk a little bit about being Basque? What does it mean? Uh... Okay, good question. No? Um, here, really, uh, we feel that uh, we are Basque, but uh, we are very in the south border of the of the Basque country. So um, the real things that we have is that uh, we are normally making more life in Logroño. In my case, uh, my wife is uh, from, from Rioja. I am Basque, but we, we have a mix of, of, of them. Uh, but uh, our heart is, is Basque. No? Uh, also, it's difficult uh, to explain uh, because, for example, if you speak with the people from, uh, from Bilbao, uh, when they Uh, we're coming to here to to buy wine. Uh, normally, they told that we go to La Rioja, and really they were coming to Basque Country, to the south of Basque Country. But for them also, this part, the the south part of the Cantabrian Mountains, uh, are Rioja uh, for their mind. <laughs> so you are already Spanish here. Yeah. For them. Uh, they, they consider you part of Spain. Uh, no, they, they they consider us like we are not Basque because we are in the other border of the of the Cantabria Mountains. Yes, but uh, really we are we are hundred percent Basque, and uh, and this one is nice nice for us. But uh, also as we are, you can see here uh, to one kilometer to the winery we have the Ebro River, and the Ebro River is the border with the with the with the La Rioja. So um, I think that uh, we can uh, be like a mix of, uh, in the herd, uh, 
we are 100 percent uh, bashed, but really our life also is mixed with uh, with the Son Sierra and uh, with also with La Rioja. Um, when I was traveling through La Rioja, I came to the topic of um, Alavesa uh, splitting, wanting to split up from Rioja. Um, mm. I don't think everybody here supports it. Just uh, everybody, some, sorry. I, I don't see that everybody supports this idea. Some people like it, some people don't. Is it about uh, politics and about uh, being Basque or being Spanish, or is it about quality of wine? What's going on there? Okay, uh, we need to recognize that uh, here, traditionally, in the last uh, 300 years or 200 years, only uh, if you check the, uh, the farmers, uh, only it's possible to work with the vineyards, with the olives and with the almonds. So the soils in this part of the river, uh, we need to recognize that there are pools. And when you have very poor soils, it's impossible to work with potatoes or with other, uh, with uh, weeds or, uh, you know. Uh, so we can, we can consider that this part, uh, okay, politically, uh, there are a lot because now the two, the two, uh, the two regions, the two politics regions, uh, they are every year with the same, uh, uh with the same themes no speaking about the this one is best part the other one but if you were to check a little bit the the for example the age of the vineyards in this part uh is for example uh very very easy to check that we can have uh, very high concentration of all vineyards in other side in the in the Rioja, for example, you can to check that is uh, less concentration of of uh, old vineyards. Okay, they can be, uh, for example, in Cardenas, it's a small villages with uh, a high uh, percent of old vineyards of Garnacha. But in the average of the of the area, this one is the the region that uh, that we we can be uh, different. No. Uh, This one could be better or not could be. Okay, we are thinking that yes, if you have more old vineyards, if you don't work with uh, any uh, machine in the vineyard, so there are uh, small things that you can be for you a differentiation. Okay, if you are making the same like your neighbors, but uh, you will be always one in the big sea. Uh, and difficult to to make a a good differentiation for, for in your wines, no? Because I think that this one is not. If you make organic, uh, you are better. Okay, it's one step. Uh, you make organic, you make uh, a harvesting boxes. If you uh, work uh, more polite in elaboration, if you work more in the vineyards, this a lot of steps can give to you uh, one best thing for, for your wine. So if you are here, is this one a small step. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I, I like the idea uh, how you explain it. Um, you are listening to Arturo. Arturo, he is the uh, owner and the chief of uh, Vinha Artuque. 
Mm -hmm. And Vinya Altuke was recommended to me by several different people. So I'm very glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for having us. Uh -huh. And uh, today we want to have a discussion about uh, wine from Rioja, but especially wine from other base, what it means. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I want to talk uh, to you about the DOC rules, yeah. what you think about them and why you choose not to be part of them yeah. in, in, in terms. And um, maybe we start with, uh, with one more question about um, the Vinieras de Arava. Do you think it is a good idea to get rid of the word Rioja? Because it is a worldwide brand, everybody knows. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. We we know that the Rioja brand is uh, something good, but uh, not always. No. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your opinion on that? Ah, uh, no, because uh, there are uh, different prices in the in the in the Rioja wine. You can go to Germany and to see in the supermarket. Uh, Rioja's bottle with the green label like us uh, per five euro, for example. Less. Or less. Or you can go down. I know uh, this because as a young person uh, without much money, I always knew, okay, if you want cheap, good red wine, go for Rioja or yeah. go for South Africa. Like both is equally so, well. So this one that uh, you are telling to me is uh, a bad <laughs> thing that we have, no? And we need to... <laughs> Every year improving to change, no? Um, but uh, for me, yes, it's better or not better. I, I, I think that uh, uh, the rules, in my case, uh, I prefer to be in my way. The of course the rules of the Consejo Regulador are okay, maybe for the for the big production, but I decide to okay, I am in the Consejo Regulador, but I am not agree with the with the different rules that they promote to, to sell the wines. So I think that uh, it can be uh Because when when you are small, you need to work by yourself and you need to make your brand. And the brand that we have in the in the small companies like me in the Consejo Regulador is the for example, we can be represented in a bottles uh, the small companies only two percent, three percent. We are very a small piece of the cake. But we are lucky because you are here speaking with me. Uh, yesterday I had a visit that because uh, the people that they speak about Rioja or they write about Rioja, uh, they prefer to speak about the small companies, about the maybe more personal projects, like to the big companies. Yep. So when you are in Rioja, is good or not good? I think that at the moment the brand is, for me, it's a good brand. It's better brand than Vinos de Alaba. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that uh, the best thing that we can do being in Rioja or being in Vinos de Alaba is working nice to make a good brand. 
And this one is difficult to make only in 20 years. We need to recognize that, uh, for example, I speak a lot with uh, different uh, friends that they are coming to, to me. Uh, and normally I told him that if you want to earn a lot of money, never you can put the money in a winery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this you, one you must be a bit crazy to do this. Yeah, yeah. This one, I think that you need to be sure. Is also you want to your children's uh, want money, also tell him about the don't put money in the winery. Maybe your grandchildren, if you want that your grandchildren can earn a lot of money, maybe you can put money today. <laughs> also, to your grandchildren can earn a lot of money. But uh, because this uh, this project, the wine, the wine board, really you need to go very slow. You need to go step by step, but uh, normally, uh, you need to make the things very, very slowly. And if you don't want to work with these rules, it's better that don't want or don't work here. Because uh, you need to recognize that uh, the people want to work uh, very fast. And this one in this, in the wine world, in the, in the wineries world, is very, very difficult. When did you realize this? Did your parents tell you, or did it, did you at, at the some moment in I, your life <laughs> realize? <laughs> I I realized no, when when I uh, living in, in in this world. <laughs> did you always want to become a winemaker? Sorry, you always wanted to become a winemaker, or did you think about uh, doing something else? Uh, I started before thinking that I want to make a chemical. But uh, in two years, I decided that uh, because uh, when I was studying, uh, I was uh, also helping here in the vineyards. And uh, my first idea was that I could do to be chemical, but uh, I started agronomical engineer. And uh, then uh, I finished it like uh, when, when making so in the second year, I recognized that I feel that uh, now the, the, the wine world was super interesting for me. And, uh, and also I speak with a lot of people when, uh, how do you say in, in, in English, uh, in Spanish is cuando te pica la mosca, es decir, cuando te, the insect put to you the, the veneno, mm -hmm. now uh, you are, you are loose. You are yeah. And this one I feel many years ago. <laughs> ah, it's interesting because um, I, I sometimes tell this to people uh, the same way uh, when they enter the wine world. Sometimes they are not winemakers, but yeah. they become sommeliers, they make mm -hmm. WSCT or something. I always tell them, careful, my friend, <laughs> you enter a world you will never get away from. It doesn't work. Okay. So, please um, explain a little bit about your wines and about the production philosophy of your company. Okay, so we have, um, well, the, the, the company is young because uh, they founded by my parents in 1981. So, now... Uh, founded have, or changed? Okay, for me it's founded because uh, 
before and my grandparents and grand grandparents, they sold the wines in books. Okay, uh, this one was very common in the in the in the area because normally in these small villages uh, mm, there were a lot possibilities to make wine, but uh, uh, very low possibilities to sell the wines in bottles. So it was very common to make the wines in the old wineries and then to sell, for example, to Mua or Campo Viejo or Cune or the wineries that now are uh, century century wineries. Yeah. So, so you one, send all the grapes to Haro. Yeah. yeah. This one was common and is the history that, uh, that the, my parents had. And at the moment, um, the company uh, founded by my parents because they decided to uh, started uh, selling the wines in bottles. This one was the the big change that uh, they they uh, they did, and uh, and this one was in the 1991 uh, because in the last three years before. Uh, they had very uh, low prices of the books. So this one was the step to decide to start with the, with the company. And uh, now uh, we have 31 hectare. We started working in organic uh, in 2008. Uh, we are uh, 35 from 2021 because uh, we were uh, 13 years now making a, uh, like a, like a sample no and uh, really uh, we have uh, these 31 hectares they are in 72 different plots because here it's very difficult to have uh, the vineyards only in one in one place so the average of the place can be half an hectare more or less and uh, and then uh, uh, we have because traditionally the company is made uh, the red wines and uh, also now we have uh, one white and our philosophy is very close to Burgundy because uh, we don't work with the classical brands of Crianza, Reserva and Reserva we decided also close than 20 years to, to leave this, these rules because for us, uh, the, to put in value the wines only by the period that they are in a barrels, uh, it was not very sense for us. And we decided to speak about the, more about the places, the villages or, or the, the vineyards. And uh, this one is the, the wines that uh, we have uh, now. Oh. This is the whole range that we have here. Yeah. Six red. Six red and the, the white oh, right. we have in the cave to, to be. So open. it's per average, uh, per, per year, you have produced six different red yeah. wines in one white. Um, and you have 32 hectares. How many plots? 72. 72. How do you decide which plot goes in which? Uh, uh, this one was, uh, <laughs> was between the year 2006 to nine. Uh, where we decided to make the elaboration of the plot per plot alone uh, and also to make a big study about the 
different things of the quality of the soil, but the structure of the soil, the altitude, the insulation, the orientation, no? And this one we put in a, in a big bag, and then we decided that the same, the wines so or the, the vineyard that they have, the same style in the wine, uh, will be to make uh, our two campus neighbors. Okay? And if you feel in a wine that one vineyard can give us better, also better quality, but also other uh, style of wine, uh, this one we decided to to make alone, and uh, this is the reason that uh, now we have uh, also two built wine and four four single pots. When I visited your cellar, um, I saw I think no barrique barrels, or maybe you have some in the in the back, but almost all was five hundred liters, six hundred liters, we uh, have big big barrels. We have um, 500, 600, and uh, 3,500. At the moment, 3,500 is the biggest uh, size of the barrel that we can put down with the elevator. Yeah. So this is the <laughs> the the maximum range of uh, of barrel that we can we can use, and uh, 500, 600 is because. Uh, are more comfortable also, and also because the 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 big folders are very expensive, and you need to go slowly buying. But our future, I think that will go for for the for the three thousand, uh, two thousand maybe in this this mix of uh, of uh, volume. Why did you choose to go for bigger and bigger barrels? Uh, because for me, it was not a lot of sense that uh, after one year working in the vineyards, uh, to put in the blend a lot of flavors of oak. Uh, and I was more comfortable uh, using the big barrels because I feel the wines less uh, makeup than... Uh, than with the small barrels. But maybe it's that uh, my my purity, uh, because uh, I like a lot the, the wines more pure. Okay? Uh, I understand that also they can be other consumers that they prefer to wines more oaky. So perfect. But in my case, I think that uh, if the people from uh, Germany or from United States want to feel better the the terroir. Uh, I think that uh, this one we can give them better using the big barrels than the small. Hmm. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, when I talked to uh, Barbara Palacios, yeah, um, she gave a rosé wine to me, which was uh, I think 100% Tempranillo. Yeah. And it was very interesting to just taste the fruitiness of Tempranillo because uh, when you have Tempranillo coming from a new barrique, yeah. it's so different. Like you, you, I mean, yes, the wine style, the Rioja style, okay, but uh, I'm not sure if I ever tried pure Tempranillo yeah. and see how it tastes. So uh, what you produce here is actually more to, to this direction. You say, okay, the, the grape and the taste of the grape and the soil is what mm -hmm. is important. 
Um, this goes very contrary to how Rioja markets itself, because um, when, when I checked um, the Crianza Reserva Gran Reserva system, you are not marketing the soil, you are not marketing the variety, you are just marketing the aging in the wood. Like, that's basically it. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I think I understand what, what the uh, consent would try to do there, but uh, also I think it, it diminishes uh, the value of the, of the grape itself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe we, we can uh, use this uh, interview uh, so that you can talk a bit about the, the varieties and the soil you have here. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we, we took a bicycle tour from Haro yeah. down the river mm -hmm. and I, I looked at your soil. Yeah. And I thought, uh, okay, it's very dry here. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's <laughs> definitely uh, different than in, in other areas where I come from. And also I thought, uh, when it rains, you must have a big problem with erosion, like everything swimming down to the river, right? It's, um, okay, we, we need to recognize that 23 could be uh, with 22, uh, the one of the best examples that the climate change can to give to us in the next years. When did it rain last time? Mm, here we have a lot of rain during the spring. Yeah. Okay. Very low rain during the winter. A lot of rain, more or less 150, 180 liters uh, between uh, June. I think, no? Yes, June... Uh, Yes, the, I think June was, and uh, um, we thought that uh, could be enough. But uh, I think that if, for example, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow no Saturday, uh, I was checking the weather and uh, maybe we could have uh, rain. Uh, I think that this one will be okay uh, now. Uh, But uh, if we could to put the bottle, no, to put the on to the rain, maybe during the, the summer, we can be one time or two, no? Uh, so at the moment you can check the vineyards and are okay, uh, but maybe uh, we need to think a lot about the, which one could be the way for the future. Uh, with the climate change, no, because uh, here uh, you can use the irrigation, and if uh, you use good, uh, I think that can be for the future good things for the for the vineyard. No, maybe you can leave uh, cover grass during the winter to to during the the start of the cycle uh, break a little bit the the, the vineyards. And then uh, to use water during the summer, or or it is not necessary. But no. but uh, I think that we need to start thinking because okay, we have Paso Manas is one of our highest vineyard, 720 meters. Okay, uh, okay, there maybe you cannot use. No, but uh, but we need to start checking this this idea. I think. How do you see uh, climate change here when you say uh, you see that it is coming or working here? Well, for example, it's very clear to 
she uh, you are speaking with my father uh, 40 years ago 30 years ago the harvest date can be around the 12th of October it's a festivity here in Pilar uh, for you, example you were finished at that yeah, date right now <laughs> last, last year we started on uh, 8th of uh, September and this 23 today is the last day of August yep. and we will start maybe or five or six of September so more or less one month before than 30 years ago so this one only we need to go to the calendar and to check maybe there are people that can tell you now but it does not exist the climate change but uh we are saying that the cycle every year is shorter. And this one is uh, <laughs> very easy to check. Uh, will be better, will be worse. We will, we will see. At the, at the moment, in our case, uh, we are working with more Graciano uh, because uh, we believe that the Graciano can can to uh, be better than uh, to to make a blend with the tempranillo to then combine the, the oh. uh, garnacha for me also I like uh, I like it but uh, traditionally in this part of the of the river there are not a lot garnacha so in my family uh, uh, my grandfather planted a lot Graciano and we continue in this in this uh, way. For me, Graciano is very, I like a lot because uh, it's, uh, the acidity is very high and the flavors is very rustic. And uh, at the moment I like more the dark part, no, the dark side of the of the wines than the very fruity floral side of the of the wines. But uh, is this only my personal opinion? <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting thing uh, in wineries that you have so many personal opinions and so many different wine styles. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about your wine. Um, okay, we are trying PS Negros 2021. Um, it's a mix of uh, blend of the different plots that we have uh, close to the Cantabria Mountains. Uh, between uh, 600 meters, 650. Uh, the soils is a typical soil from the area. It's a clay and chalk. And um, we added one month in the 500 uh, liters uh, barrels. So my idea is to, with this wine, to represent it the, uh, the style, not the style, the, the flavors of the wine that are close to the mountains, okay? Uh, then the other village wine is Artuque. We will taste the, the last one. It's uh, the vintage is 22. And uh, here is the same idea, but with the vineyards that we have uh, here in, in Baños. Baños normally is more fruity. Uh, and... Uh, and normally Samaniego is a little bit more dark.
which cuvee partner is inside? Which? Uh, which uh, uh, cuvee wines? So you have a Tempranillo? Plus? Yes, it's Tempranillo with, uh, depending the year, but between 15-10% of Graciano. Graciano. Okay. Yeah. Here we don't use any Bura in the blend to make the, the red. At which point did you decide to um, move away from the DOC rules? What what made you make this decision? Uh, <laughs> it is not only one one thing. Uh, there were more than one. Uh, one of these was because uh, I saw that the Crianza prices uh, many years ago were very very low. So I uh, wanted uh, to sell the wines uh, to the market, and uh, they had a lot. Well, I had a lot of problems because my customers told me that yes, there are other Rioja cheaper than you with the same brand. So I decided to put uh, to leave the, the Crianza rules because I want to my customers to explain to their restaurants about the history of our project. But um, we didn't want to tell, no, this one is Crianza, because when uh, when the people that is selling the wines see the Crianza, the, the first thing that uh, tell to the restaurant is, no, I have one Crianza of Rioja from Artuk. And the first thing that we didn't want to do in this way was this one. Because when you put only the young label, the people need to explain more than I have one Crianza. I have mm -hmm. one wine from two brothers, from Banyan, from la la. Okay, okay, so you, you need to explain the history. You say when you put a Crianza on top of the bottle, it's almost, it doesn't matter who's the producer, it's just... Uh, How much money do we want to spend? Mm -hmm. and, okay. and also because for us was more important, uh, were more important to work with a 500 liters barrel than, and this one is the second reason to, to leave the rules because we prefer to, to have more sense of the terroir than with uh, 224. But this is not only one, one thing. How do you make uh, the fermentation? Is it uh, spontaneous? We use uh, in the olive oil wine, uh, okay, traditional grapes, uh, natural yeast. Uh, We have also uh, don't use 
or we use very low level of sulfur. Uh, also, we make the natural malolactic fermentation. And, uh, and uh, our idea is to work very, very polite in the winery. Don't uh, very short fermentation, not any maceration. Uh, also, we make the co-fermentation. This one for, for us is very important because uh, we don't like uh, to... When we speak about the, the, the single vineyard wines, we don't understand the vineyards. If we have only one vineyard with, uh, with uh, for example, three different grapes, uh, we understand like one vineyard, one wine. So we make the co-fermentation together. We don't make any, uh, we don't make any, uh, any uh, harvest by variety and then to make a blend after. So you harvest uh, the different varieties all together? All together. You ferment yeah. them all together? Like many years ago. So and, and today this is uncommon. Nobody does it like this or mm, maybe you speak with uh, with my teacher of the university can to tell you that yes, it is not uh, uh, super. But uh, I understand that for me this part is very historical at home because many years ago my grandfather and my parents also made the harvest away. And in the area it was very common to make the harvest away. Because uh, if you need to go by horse to the vineyards, it's difficult to understand that you need to go four times to make uh, or to take uh, 2,000 kilograms of grapes. The people go went to the went to the to the vineyards and they pick up together and to come back. So we make the same. Okay, but uh, when you put more than one grape into uh, the wine, uh, you have different ripening uh, velocity. Yeah. So uh, how do you decide for the timing? For no, the, the idea is that, uh, for example, if you uh, you have catalogate the part of the Tempranillo and Graciano and Bura that we have in the same plot, normally, in this uh, time, when we are close to the harvest. We make, we take the, the samples, the sample uh, of the. If we have, for example, five of Bura, twenty of Tempranillo, and seventy-five of, uh, yeah, uh, or twenty Graciano, five Bura, seventy-five Tempranillo. In the same, uh, uh, in the same sample. Uh, we put this average of uh, berries and then we break and we taste and you have more or less because you can, you are agree, no? you can have the Tempranillo with uh, 14 and uh, the Graciano with 13. Okay, but the mix is that for us the most important. Okay, because maybe the Tempranillo calf can be uh, a little more ripe than we like. The Graciano, a little bit more green, but you put a mix, we like it.
And for example, this one is an example because uh, here we have uh, five Biura, 20 Graciano, rest in Planillo. Uh, here in Baños, in the gravel soil and chalky soil. Okay, because uh, you know that uh, the average here is uh, clay, but in this case, this one, this this plot is a big terrace up to the river, uh, 120 meters. And uh, and this is, uh, it was planted in the 81 with uh, gravel soil and very, very chalk. It's um, a lot of amount of chalk is uh, around Haro, the special soil, right? Sorry? The, uh, that you have uh, so much chalk in the ground. Yeah, it's, but it's special here in this area. Uh, in this area, the percent of the chalk is higher than in other one. But in this case, in the locos, is higher than normal because uh, we have uh, very to 100 meters of the plot, we have a little hill. And normally with the rain, the chuck is cleaning. And like the, like the plot is very uh, flat, mm -hmm. uh, normally it stops in the, in, the, in the plot and it starts building a big stone of Chuck, 100% Chuck. And this is the reason to be about the 25% of active Chuck in the, in, the, in the plot. And also the flavors is a little bit Chucky. Mm. It's a more mineral, more... Which wine is your favorite? Oh, <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> it's difficult. It's the same that uh, if you have children. Which one is your best children? Uh, it's difficult. Maybe for me, I have a lot. Uh, or maybe our the our most important wine. If we check the history, is the Artuque because it was the first step to be to you be here now. Uh, Maybe my best, the style of my wine can be La Condenada because it's more, more fine, more delicate, more floral flavors. Uh, and also comparing Las Mañas or Los Locos, maybe I prefer maybe, maybe Los Locos, but only because it's from here and this one is my village. <laughs> Because Las Mañas is uh, from Samaniego, so the abilities. Uh, because Las Mañas is a little bit more uh, tanning uh, with uh, comparing with with those locals, and it's because we are we are higher. No? Because in this in this wine uh, we are. Okay. When I look at your wines. Um, I see the brand name, Atuka. Yeah. It's on the basic wine. It's very big. I yeah. think you sell most of the bottles of this one, I, mm -hmm. I would suppose. Um, but uh, the labels, if you if you leave out the Atuka, they could be from different companies. Is it not common to have the labels look the same way for one company here? I'm <laughs> aware. Uh... Uh... 
Okay, the idea was that uh, when we uh, started thinking, because uh, many years ago, well, many, uh, seven years ago, we had the, the labels very, very fashion, not very modern, not fashion. <laughs> and uh, we decided that we, want, we wanted to, to change because uh, the things that we were speaking with our customers, was very different that our labels transmit, uh, transmit to them. And we decided to change. Uh, the idea to make a big brand was that uh, you told me, to put uh, like uh, the same label, like Crianza Reserva Gran Reserva, uh, only changing the, the this, this brand. But as we speak more about the different steps of the quality that we use putting attention in the plots, we decided to make uh, three different steps with the same design of, of, uh, of, uh, of this one. No? So Escollada Condena can be like a grand crew. This is the primer crew. And, and with the Artuque, we make together the different ones. And we also decided to be more classical because if you check, now we don't have internet. Uh, you check the, the R2K K4, was this one, the Escolladero. Mm -hmm. but, but really it's super synthetic. It's a K with a four, a black label with uh, silver silver color <laughs> so uh, was yeah, after that when you make a new a new labels you understand but before we didn't see this one that we, we were very synthetic so we decided to change to change and to because I think that you see our labels and they speak more about the terroir than about the process. And this one, we want to, our customers can, can feel, no? Is there are like, a, not like a terroir wines, because all wines have a terroir, but, uh, but yes, of course, about the, the history of the project, very close to the to the land. Okay, Las Mañas is a single plot in Samaniego. Las means uh, the hands, right? No, no. This is manos. Manos. Ah. Mañas is a, is a festivity in the village where the vineyard is. Uh, because in the vineyard or close to the vineyard, they take the the lavanda barns, you know, the lavanda bunches, bunches to barn in the sixth of uh, December. It's a pagan festivity in the village, and we decided to put the name of this festivity mm -hmm. uh, because it's the the only vineyard that we have in Samaniego, in this village. 
but it's higher because we are, okay, the soil is different because this soil is rock matter in the top and, uh, uh, and clay. And uh, the vineyard was planted in the 13. So it's a young vineyard because we believe that the terroir is good terroir. Uh, also, we are eating the foodres like los locos, more or less the, the age period is the, the same. Uh, and the difference is the, the type of soil. Uh, here we had los locos gravel and chuck, and the other one is raw matter and, and clay. Okay, and this one is 100% tempranillo. It's the unique wine that we have 100% tempranillo. Can you explain a little bit about the variety Tempranillo? Because um, coming from Germany, <clears throat> we have like some plots of Tempranillo mm -hmm. in Germany, but uh, I'm, I'm not very, uh, I don't know much about Tempranillo. Uh, why is it so common here? Uh, uh, is it just because it yields so much? Or? No, well, here, here I don't know the reason to be a lot, but uh, we recognize that it's the king of the, of the grape here in the region. Uh, for me, it's very nice grape because, in my opinion, because it's very rustic and the flavors also is very dark. And when you are in the north of the region, you can have a small part of the redu reduction because uh, the cycle is a little bit longer. And uh, and we like, or well, in my case, I like I like a lot this style of wines. Uh, Because the production of the Tempranillo, normally, if you are in the rich soils, it's good. If you are in the, the slopes, maybe can can uh, reduce a little bit. Uh, but for me, the best thing that Tempranillo can give us uh, is the good acidity and the the rustic tannins. But I thought you you add partners like Garnacha uh, for more acidity. And Garnacha has more acidity. Yeah. But for me, uh, Garnacha is very. Uh, I need to find the word and to explain better. It's very. Uh, how do you say? The the word it is not fruity. The word is very immediate, very, uh, for example, with the Tempranillo, okay, you can have the different levels in a wine. Garnacha can give to you uh, very short, very fast. The Tempranillo, mm, you need more time because for me, the grape is more rustic and this one, in my opinion, is one of the best things that Tempranillo can give to us here in this part of the of the region. Because if you compare the Tempranillo from La Mancha with the Tempranillo from, from here, they are the same grape, but the wines are not the same. You can prefer maybe more Rimes style in La Mancha. Okay, it's perfect. But here the Tempranillo can to give you The fruity sensation, the balsamic sensation, and also a little bit part of green sensation, okay? Because we are in the north of the country. And this one is okay. 
or for me, I can uh, see like a good thing. Maybe other way makers can do. No, I prefer more uh, more fine temper. No, not fine. More uh, how to say redondo. More uh, I don't know which one is the uh, the brand, but uh, do you consider them to be overripe when they go more south? Oh, too much. Not alcohol? over, but uh, but uh, the style. Uh, you can make. Uh, you want a good tasting. Taking a tempranilla from Rioja, from Rivera, and from La Mancha. Okay, more or less from the north, from the medium of Spain, and from the south, not the south, but, and you can feel the same rate uh, with uh, different uh, styles. Mm. I mean, I I, uh, I don't know about Tempranillo, but I can imagine how it is because in Germany we basically have the same going on with Riesling, like Riesling from different areas, and it's it's very different. Um, you talk about uh, Ribera. When I was at a wine bar in Bilbao, uh, I asked for red wine, and they asked uh, Ribera or Rioja. <laughs> What's going on there? It's it's really like uh, it seems to be a competition between those two. No, I, I think that uh, the competition that we must to do is the to sell more Spanish wine, no, not not uh, or Rioja or Rivera, no. Better both both of them, no, can be can be the they were not, uh, but. Uh, But uh, when you were in Bilbao, it's very common, of course, that uh, you go to the bar to choose between Rioja or Rivera, no? because the grape is the same and there are uh, famous wine regions in the north of, of the country. No? So it's more or less a terroir thing between those there, there, areas, there, so. there, there are different terroirs. Because uh, Rivera is higher than, than here, normally the vineyards. Uh, but uh, as we are in the as we are in the in the north of the of the country, uh, normally we have less structure here in Rioja. We have normally a little bit more acidity, uh, and also we have a little bit more green flavors than than in Rivera. But uh, Okay. Uh, to me, that sounds like the wines here are more fine, and uh, in Ribera maybe they are a little bit more intense. Uh, you can define very nice, no? Maybe here more fine, but they are more, more intense. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I tried. I will go to. No, they, they have more structure in Ribera. <laughs> they won't let me in. They no, 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 no. But uh, but for example, uh, there are uh, of course there are. In Rivera, the, the wines normally has more structure than in Rioja. Here can be a little bit more fine than in Rivera, but uh, also there are very good producers making very fine wines in Rivera. And also there are uh, producers here in Rioja that they prefer to work with this more intensity like uh, like in Rivera, not? Mm. Depending also the, the the producers that they like. I met a guy, uh, he's called uh, Jordi von oh, Kretsky, Jordi von Kretsky, I, I think. Um, 
And he, he's a German guy who came to Spain 20 years ago. He now lives yeah. in Logroño and he has a bar there. And I talked to him uh, today and he showed me uh, a statistic. And the statistic is um, per capita, per person yeah. in Rioja, they spend 23 euros per year on wine from Rioja. Yeah. That's not much. <laughs> That's three bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> maybe we, we can see or the bottle medium up or medium down, no? Like <laughs> with the same. But uh, okay, we prefer to be higher, no? We do do, do you see a, do you see a, a change in domestic consumption here? Here we check a little bit. Uh, maybe we drink more uh, comparing, for example, with German. Here we drink more in the restaurants and in the bars. Yeah, definitely. because also the weather to be out of home is better. No, and this one is uh, is very for us is very nice. But uh, in Spain we have this problem that. Uh, We are a wine producer, but but we don't drink too too much, or we don't drink too much, uh, because many years ago one person, um, normally from here, he went to to work in the vineyards, and normally uh, he drank between four or five liters a day. Of wine. A day of wine. Okay, we but need it to, was uh, watered down. Not, but yes, could be maybe 11 degrees, four or five liters a day. Yeah, but also don't. we need to understand that, for example, with the water, many years ago, uh, they don't have any treatment and they had a lot of problems of the stomach age or other things, and this is the reason that the people. Uh, drank a lot than now. If we drank uh, or we would drink now five liters a day, maybe the doctor in one year can't give a yes, you can stop because maybe in the <laughs> next year yeah, you will be, you will be a big problem. No? Yeah. But, uh, but I think that uh, you go, for example, uh, to a restaurant here in Logroño, And see the tables, maybe the 80% of the, table, of the tables can have a beer. Yeah. And I, I was surprised to see how much uh, cerveza tostada you drink, yeah. dark beer. I only know this from certain parts of Germany and uh, from Eastern Europe more. And uh, I was really surprised to see so much dark no, beer. No, no, no. But, but, but this one now is very common. The young people drinking more... Uh, more beer than, than wine. If you go to France, in France normally, the 80% of the of the tables are drinking wine. Yeah. But because also I think that this is uh, their personality. They The French people love a lot the French things. The Spanish people, okay, we love, but not, for me, not enough. Uh, Uh, we, we were thinking about a different thing because my wife and me, we were discussing uh, the same topic and we thought if it's so hot, like 
30 to 40 degrees, yeah. drinking a cold beer is easier yes. than drinking yes. such of a red course, wine. Of course, <laughs> of course. Of course, <laughs> there's different. But, hey, but, but here, for example, we are in the north of the country. For example, this year we only have uh, maybe, okay, two days with more than 40 degrees. Yeah. Or one day only. Uh, during the, the, the night, uh, the temperature was low than uh, uh, 20. Mm. But we have the same drink uh, habits than the Andalusian people. And they were. And off. they have yeah. hotter weather than, than us. So I think that this one, it is not the habit. Maybe I think that is in the mind. Not, not, for example, one thing that is impossible to understand. Um, in Andalusia, the weather is hotter than here. Okay. Normally, if you are this weather, you prefer to drink more uh, easy drink wines. No? White wine. Or white or yeah. rosé or this style. Yeah. But... They, my distributor in Sevilla, they sell 10 bottles of Rivera del Duero and only one bottle of Crioja. So if we were speaking about the Rivera is more intense and Rioja more fine, we need to check that the people from Sevilla drink uh, 10 bottles of Rioja and one of Rivera. Okay, but maybe then it's, it's a brand problem. Does Rioja have a brand problem, maybe? But this one is the same, because really the people, yeah. they don't think uh, the, 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 or they don't drink the weather can be more comfortable with it. They drink for, for their mind. Because in this case, in Sevilla, it can be easier to sell more Rioja than Rivera. And they sell is the <laughs> so but yes I understand that with 40 degrees better one beer than, than one glass of wine. The the, the first thing uh, I I learned when I became a winemaker, um, my teacher said to me, uh, Diego, you have to understand uh, the the best drink for the winemaker is the beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it levels the acidity. And only, only uh, how do you say, only for the harvest. Only for, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you cannot survive without. Okay, um, let's talk a bit about your brand history. When um, you change a company from bulk to bottle and you want to start selling bottles, um, how do you do this? Uh, they, they started step by step. But uh, my parents, they decided to start uh, uh, selling the wines in the, in the bars that from here, from Logroño, from the very domestic market. And then uh, when I came here, I decided that we need to sell in the country and in the, our first exports, export sales uh, was in the 2009. So really, we are a young export market for uh, sales, no? but uh, slowly and step by step. 
Yeah, slowly, but step by step. Uh, I think this is uh, what you explained first today about wine production. Um, is it easier to sell um, direct to customer for you or direct to restaurant or do you use um, distributors? I, we only have distributors because uh, when you are here and uh, for example, my challenge for the future is that uh, I don't want to travel more than 40 days in a year. Uh, you need to, to have distributors and also to have a very good feedback with, with them. Because I think that uh, when you are a very small project like us, they need to understand to you very well because uh, they also need to understand that uh, you cannot be visiting them uh, every year. For example, uh, I have in Germany uh, seven different importers and uh, I think that I never visited them uh, maybe one time <laughs> because uh, I use Provine like a meeting point mm. to be there and to also to taste the the new vintages uh, and also uh, to speak about their life. When you are good relation, I think that, okay, you can taste the new vintage and you decide it, uh, how many bottles you want, but uh, also we can speak about the, about the ones. So I think that uh, this one is uh, the best thing of the, of the wine business, but uh, it could be impossible to sell directly to the restaurants. Mm. When you come from a background, like from an area like Rioja, um, there is so many Rioja wine out there. Cool. How do you get a distributor to actually listen to you? Uh, I mean, today really, you, really? you have brand today. <laughs> <laughs> you have because uh, people talk about you. Uh, but uh, really, you I started small. I, I recognize that I, I don't know. Eh? Because when we go to Provine, I think this one every year. Because you go to the Spanish pavilion, the Spanish hall, and you can have, uh, I don't know what, uh, more than a thousand wineries. And if you check the Provine in total, <laughs> only in Provine, they are, uh, I don't know what, maybe 10,000 wineries. I don't know the, the number. And when we are going downstairs, I think every day, uh, every year the same. Why can I sell the wines with a big wineries that they are here? It's impossible, no? And then I do every day, no? That I, I can sell my wine. So my idea is that I explain to my distributors or my uh, buyers that uh, they need to have confidence in our project. Uh, and because uh, this one is a, a, a project of our life and uh, they believe or the, we need that they believe in, in us and also in the in the wines no but uh, but maybe I cannot to to tell you 
why can sell the wines or why can make a small brand in the this big wine world <laughs> okay yeah but uh, also not just for export but also in spain yeah i yeah. mean the competition of wine no, no, is of course is very a, and also in rioja is a big yeah. competition how, how do you do this how did you start like, now at the uh, working uh, slowly step by step and working a lot very hard and with the time when you work a lot of hours and you are not hurry i think that with it and you in our case we think that this one is like a marathon they are not like a 100 meters uh, we want to go very far and uh, this one is the way but uh, it is not necessary to go very fast the idea or the objective is to go far but not to go very fast And uh, with this uh, with this idea, we went okay. Many years ago, we we could to sell more bottles of Pils Negros or uh, of Los Locos or Las Mañas, or because our wines are sold by allocation. But uh, I think that as we didn't want to increase our production, but this one we were slowly okay. We increase a little bit when uh, we bought. Uh, new vineyards but as here the vineyard is very expensive this increased process is very very organic it's slow but very organic because also you can here buy books to sell to bottling but uh, we don't want to make this one but uh, I think that I don't know which one is the key to Because if uh, I didn't know the K many years ago, I used this K to go very fast. No, but it was as my idea was very to go very slow. I think that this it it can it can be very organic situation for me. Mm. <laughs> I was interested um, to learn about the the new uh, wine style not style maybe but the new classification of uh, vineros singulares and i thought okay this must be actually something that you uh, find appealing but i learned that you don't can you can you please uh, uh, talk about this a little bit yeah okay the, the vineros singular is a new classification that uh, the consumer regulator made uh, i think that three or four years ago i think i'm not sure 19. Yeah, 19. Yes. So there are four. So um, this one uh, uh, for me was a good idea for the consumer regulator. But uh, the point that we were speaking is that uh, three months ago I saw one wine of Indian Singular and the price is below 10 euros. And this one was the thing that I thought when I was checking to be or not to be in Vigneault Singular. Because uh, in our case, the rules of the Vigneault Singular, we can have maybe more than 12 or 13 hectares to make a different Vigneault Singular. 
But uh, and your company alone, yeah, yeah, here in Artuque because uh, so one third of your production what? could be no, can be maybe the 25 of the production mm-hmm. because uh, there are less hectares, but the production of those wineries, those uh, vineyards are slow, and um, and we decided uh, to to don't work in this or to don't use these, these rules. Because uh, we prefer to work step by step uh, with our brand, no below the brand of the consumer regulator. Okay, the brand of the consumer regulator can to helps to you to make better brand uh, faster than us. Because when you go alone, you need more time to recognize this quality. When you are below the the umbrella of the, of the consumer regulator, you can go faster. And uh, the other reason is because there are a lot of big companies that uh, making a, okay, uh, 20,000 20, bottles of Vigneto Singular. Maybe the volume of the Vigneto Singular. From La Condenada or El Escolladero that can consider like Vigneto Singular, we produce maybe 1,000 bottles or 1,000 between 1,000 to 2,000 bottles. In total, it's less than 2% of our total production. So, uh, why can represent it to you if uh, the Vignette Singular uh, of uh, 25 figures? It's difficult to understand this one. For me, the exclusivity of the normally is close to a small a small old vineyards, okay? Because, for example, Finca Los Locos is a vineyard was planted in 81. It can be vineyard singular, okay? Because the rule needs years, to, right? uh, 35 years or more, yeah. and uh, the productions low than 5,000 kilograms, I think. I'm not sure, but uh, I think so. This one can be a vineyard singular, but for me, it is not sense that uh, to make a vineyard singular with Tulos Locos. Why, for my vineyard singular, there are those ones? Mm. Okay, so as I am not agree with these rules, and also uh, because. Uh, the Consejo Regulador, they don't, uh, uh, they put a little bit of disturb to us when we are putting the, the village of the, of the, that where we are, or the site of the plot. This one is, it, it is not uh, allowed. Mm. Okay. Uh, so I decided to, to don't work with this, with these words. How do you say in Spanish? Is hacer la guerra por tu cuenta. I don't know which which one is the translation. Maybe it is it's make the the one alone. No, it is more the the, the translation. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, maybe the, the the lone wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you think that um, going against the law, uh, having this rebellion status, is good for marketing wine? Is it helpful? For me... Is, is it fun? <laughs> no, no, no. 
maybe, but uh, but at the moment I not uh, consider like rebellion. Uh, only I want that the Consejo Regulador uh, uh, give to us or leave to us to work as we want. This one, I think that only won't. Mm. We have a similar um, discussion going on in Germany. Um, okay, most of where we are not alone. Also in Germany. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, the, the problem is a, is a bit different. Um, we market mostly by naming the uh, variety. Yeah. And then by naming the special name of the vineyard. Yeah. So like everybody puts a different name of this vineyard on there. And um, the the big areas, the wine growing areas, they have a certain quality tasting mm -hmm. where they define this is how Riesling has a taste, this is how uh, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Bianco has to taste. This is like, and if you don't apply to these rules, mm -hmm. you don't get the quality improvement. And if you don't have this, you are not allowed to put your vineyard uh, yeah. on top. And this is this is very uh, very frustrating to many winemakers mm -hmm. because, for example, we have uh, the um, Pinot Gris. I don't know how to say it in, in uh, Spanish. No, Grigio. No, even it's Italian. Pinot. Pinot, Pinot Gris. Yeah, uh, but like this this variety, um, if it's very ripe, it has a rosé color. Yeah, yeah very very light color. Yes, but you cannot have this. Mm -hmm. you, you, it will not get this quality improvement if it has this color. And there are people who say like this is just madness. And so they start producing um, a bit like you do uh, the genetic idea. Yeah. In, uh, we call it uh, land wine. It's mm -hmm. like the mostly unregulated, but also lowest quality officially. But you can basically do whatever you want uh, without filtration and all these things that make wine more authentic. Actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you cannot put your uh, your plots on the bottle, and this is very very uh, important to winemakers. And uh, we have at the moment, I would say, like a bit below seven thousand bottling wineries. Yeah, and I would estimate five hundred, maybe even more. Who drop out of this quality system at the moment? Yeah. Sometimes with the whole range, sometimes with a part range, because they say, I don't want to have somebody set the rules for how I produce my wine. Yeah. But I want to have my plots on there because the plots is what is important. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so th this is the big thing that is going us going on. Going on. More that we have this importance. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's a it's a it's a very um, eye-opening thing to see that uh, wine industry in different countries of different size has the same problems. We have the same uh, problems with workforce, the same yeah. problems with cost. Uh, like we are the only industry where all prices go up, but the prices mm -hmm. for wine don't go up. Like everything else gets more more expensive. Just wine doesn't. This yeah. is so strange. Uh, we have the problem of climate change, of uh, adapting with new varieties, of uh, like talking about fungal resistant varieties and stuff. This is in every country, but still, uh, when I when I travel around, I see that most people, especially those in charge from the mm -hmm. old generation, um, they uh, very often they only look at their own village, at their own interest, and I think this is very very wrong. 
because we, we face problems uh, that are caused uh, that they're over national. Like yeah. It's not just it's not national problems. It's often not regional problems. It's structural, big European or worldwide problems. And um, I, I use this uh, podcast actually to um, to uh, to be part of an international conversation between winemakers to understand like okay we are yes we are competing against each other somehow you yeah. are exporting to Germany yeah. <laughs> the German winemaker tries to sell in Germany yeah but on the other side um, we we have the same problems but maybe we find different strategies yeah. yeah. And I think this is this is a key component uh, to the wine industry that is missing, especially when you look at uh, at uh, actual uh, at, at, at uh, current um, wine politics in Europe. Yeah, this is it's becoming more and more weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you also have this thing with the uh, nutrition table going on that you have to put your nutrition data? There, shall we? Nutrition data, like uh, the amount of uh, fatty uh, stuff, the amount of calories, the amount. Ah, of yeah, yeah. We are, we are, uh, <laughs> because it's the we are checking with our print uh, print company about the to put with the QR. Yeah, the, uh, the e-label system. Because. Uh, but at the moment, uh, I think that this 23 vintage need to put in the labels, I think. I think so you, you also don't understand what you have to do? Because we, we there are a lot of things that is, as we don't have too much time to think in the whole thing that there are <laughs> in the board of the wine world, yep. this one is one of these. Mm. Because uh, why it is necessary to put, uh, for me, it is uh, no no sense. But uh, mm. the politics, uh, they don't want, want, they want to put, okay, it is no problem. We can put maybe. In, in Germany, when we think about uh, this this topic, we often, uh, we, we have really funny times when we think about uh, Portuguese. Because uh, as we understand the law, it says, um, the wine needs to be produced before a certain date, then yeah. it doesn't have to get the label, and produced after, then it has to get the label. But this can mean you have like a five-year-old sparkling wine that gets its dosage, yeah. it's not finished produced, but it's five <laughs> years old. And when you think about this, it, it becomes uh, interesting. But then think about the, the, the pot wine guys. Yeah. They don't have the idea what's yeah. in the barrel. Like, <laughs> how should this work? No, no, it's, it's <laughs> difficult to... Well, there are these examples that are more complicated than the <laughs> normal situation. You know, but uh, yeah. it's the same like in Jerez. Oh, yeah. In Jerez also, it can be the same. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Uh, we will see, eh? but... Uh, <laughs> it will get interesting this year. But uh, I think yeah. that uh, we need to put... <laughs> Okay, Arturo. Um, before we before we finish, um, I think you now also have an idea what I'm interested in the topics. Um, we spend two more weeks in the area, so mm -hmm. we will go to uh, Santander for some time, and then I can come back either yeah. to Bilbao or to here. And um, I uh, try to find more people who are interesting to talk to, um, maybe about wine politics, maybe about wine history, maybe mm -hmm. about um, the trade system. Um, and 
they need to be understandable in English. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the hardest part for me. Um, what do you think, what topics should I investigate? And uh, do you have some people in your mind uh, who you can recommend? Uh, some people, there are different friends of uh, Rio Juan Rol or maybe Centenulo or uh, maybe Ostato, Ostatu. Uh, Okay, I can give you any 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 phone number or any contact if you if you want to to ask. Uh, and I would uh, I think that uh, it can be nice uh, to to ask them about the which one can be the most challenge that we have for the next 20 years because uh, you can feel maybe the different uh, opinion of the people. Yeah. Because uh, there can be a people thinking now that the climate change will be a challenge, other ones will be the sales. <laughs> the sales <laughs> will be a challenge, or it can be the the different personalities that uh, we can find in the in the wine world. Not, but mm. uh, I just I think that you are making a good uh, a good view of of the of the minds of the different minds of the region. Yeah, I, I today I contacted uh, the Consejo oh, yeah. and I told them, okay, guys, <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> um, see, see how they react. We are having the Escoladero. I like this a lot, I must say, um, because um, the more we go from your from your um, lower quality yeah. to the higher quality, the less wood intense the wines yeah. get actually i would suspect it the other way around in rioja yeah. actually and you would totally turn this upside down and this is very interesting to me i, I uh, no and also this one is to lot. compare with condenada because escolladero is a clay soil and uh, condenada is a sandy soil okay it's a do you use any irrigation uh, at the moment no But I think that uh, we will check for the future. Sandy soil? Maybe. But uh, this, we have uh, 40, 50 centimeters of sandy soil. And then we have 40 centimeters of sandstone. Oh, so and, the, and the stone is like uh, the roots are uh, behind it. And uh, sorry, the, the stones can be like uh, a spoon. It's a yeah, sponge, right. huh? like... Uh, To take the to take the water uh, during the spring mm -hmm. and yeah. to put available. Uh, so you're not having the typical problems no. of sand. No, no, no. With the here we have a sandy soil close to a river, mm -hmm. and as you are very close to a river, more or less the, the the level of the water is very close to the roots, and then there are small uh, plots of uh, in the top of the of the uh, in the top of the mountains uh, but they are normally very very small mm. they are not the high percent of the soils are clay and chalk this this those soils are not uh, okay this, this one is a typical soil the soil from Escriadero is a typical soil but the The other ones are in the Pies Negros because gravel, is, it is not very common. This soil is more common like uh, Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. This one is like, uh, as we are very close to the mountain, we have like a carpet of wrong matter. And Condenada is very small plot. Uh, 
that we have this soil because it was planted in the 20 and uh, we have the original soil because for example it did have those, been, those vines they are 100 yeah. years old yeah 103 yes. and uh, and maybe if uh, here uh, was planted 20 years ago the soil was not the same because uh, uh, because uh, normally with the caterpillars they unroot the stones and they uh, put a new soil mm. so this so one is they just very, move very, very original soil. yeah okay okay yeah. Mm. Interesting. what's the blend the blend of Escoyadero is Tempranillo and 2015 of Graciano. The blend of Condena is 80 Tempranillo and 20 Graciano, Garnacha and Palomino. Palomino? Mix, yeah. Palomino. This is from Ceres? Really yeah, it's uh, Calagraño or Cabazal. They are very close grapes. Uh, and here in Rioja, they are in the, not a lot, but. Uh, Many years ago, it was planted because it is very productive. Mm -hmm. And uh, this region is very important. Yeah, but I, I, I see what you talked about when you said you are more oriented towards the Burgundy style of wine. Mm -hmm. And I think this is uh, it's really refreshing for the area because uh, I hear most people like exclusively talking about Bordeaux, 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 like yeah. everybody tries to imitate Bordeaux. It's nice, uh, the wines are good, but uh, <laughs> you are going in a really different direction. And it's, uh, no, I, it's... I like a lot the acidity and uh, for example, at the moment, uh, we decided to start with the harvest the next uh, week because uh, we are checking that we are losing a lot of acidity. So. Mm. We prefer to start. Yeah, I like this. Like when when you have this a little bit more uh, acidity, like the, the <laughs> you want to drink more while you drink. Like yeah, the, the wines get so interesting by this. And uh, I learned about this like one and a half years ago in, in Germany for, mm -hmm. before I didn't realize. But uh, it's it's really really great done. I appreciate it a lot. And my dear, you want. To we can taste this one, Artuque, mm -hmm. and I give you a bottle. You have a fridge in the carabao. Yeah. Okay, but I will do a bottle to enjoy or tomorrow. I will not the, say no the, to this. Of, <laughs> of yeah. the, with the white. Yeah. And now we can taste the reds mm -hmm. for the next, for you to enjoy the, yeah. the yeah. white. Because this one for me is uh, very, because uh, it's the history of the, of the... That's where it all started. Yeah, of course. We need to understand in this way, no? Mm. This one was the first step of, uh, of our tuque. And also we make the wine uh, very easy to drink, uh, to find the acidity and also to enjoy with a lot different food. So I think that... Uh, I 
but you don't use uh, muscle glycerin carbonic. Yeah, this is this is muscle glycerin carbonic. Whole bunch. Yeah. Okay. This one is whole bunch mm -hmm. and uh, no oak, hundred percent concrete. Mm. Yeah, this is uh, like um, coming from Germany. This is more how our many red wines in, in our region yeah. taste. We <laughs> we cannot do this <laughs> to, to, to little uh, to little sun. Oh. Okay, I, I see. I see. It's a uh, um, uh, the the style in Rioja of, of this wine. It's called uh, Hoven. No. Yeah. Mm. Normally, the commercial brand is Hoven. Hoven. But the carbonic maceration uh, process is more typical here in the part of Alavesa. Mm -hmm. If you, for example, drink a wine from Logroño or from Alcanadre joven, normally the process is the stem. Mm. But here in the Rioja Alavesa, normally the process is uh, carbonic, mm. carbonic maceration. Do you drink it uh, cool, chilled now? Uh, you can you can drink cooler than uh, than than now. Yeah. Not cooler as a white, but uh, cooler than the other reds. Between, for example, normally I put uh, in the camera uh, as I have in the same camera, I put to fourteen, but uh, this one you can put twelve, for example. Mm. Because also, as uh, you drink more in the summertime, uh, during the summer, uh, if you uh, have the bottle here, uh, it can be uh, between uh, when uh, when we were speaking. Yep. You can have uh, 25 degrees, two, two, uh, two degrees, uh, yep. very easy. And also, if you put in the glass, it's, it's easier yep. than the bottle. Yeah, but also very nice. So, congratulations! <laughs> no, thank you for coming. And who who were the most influential uh, people for you who shaped your idea about wine? But at the moment, I think that uh, one of the best uh, person in the Rioja at the moment can be Telmo Rodriguez, maybe. Telmo, uh, I tried to get in contact with him. Oh, yeah. You know him? I, I, we are, but I, I, I guess he's on harvest already. Right? Uh, maybe he started in Malaga to make the harvest, but uh, I can send a WhatsApp. Uh, uh, that, this would be very nice because I heard a lot about him. And uh, yeah. once I tried his wines, um, his uh, importer company is next to my university, uh, Geisenheim in Germany. Yeah, because he, he, he worked with Veritable. Yeah, Veritable. Yeah, Veritable. Yeah, And um, I, I got in touch with Veritable, but they didn't answer. And I, I would really like to talk to him because uh -huh. what he established as company, this is so interesting. And uh, do you send any Instagram uh... to him directly? Uh, no, <laughs> I tried the polite way because I thought he wouldn't answer what I can do. Of course. Now, if you want, don't worry. If you want, I will send uh, um, WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, asking that you will be with me yeah. and uh, you are making a postcard uh, about uh, the Rioja. Yeah. And uh, if uh, he gave me the opportunity to give to you his contact, yeah. I will to yeah, that to would give be to great. you and to contact uh, directly 
But I, I would I would drive anywhere and travel to talk to him because I, I heard so much interesting things. I think him. that uh, can be can be here because uh, we are very close to the harvesters at the moment. He's uh, okay. He has other wineries in Galicia, mm. uh, in Valdeoras, also in Rivera del Duero, in Malaga, um, mm. but. Uh, But uh, he is the owner of Remeyuri mm. because the Remeyuri project he started with his father and also with Compañía de Vinos Telmo Rodríguez. So Rioja is really the, the most important uh, place to, uh, to him. So I think that can be here, but he's living in Madrid. Mm. So he's not living here, but normally he's every week here also. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hope I for the best. <laughs> I, I will contact him. Ah, that's, uh, that's very nice of you. Thanks. I will, I will tell to you. Arturo, okay. gracias. Oh, thank you very much for coming. Yeah, it was, it it was very interesting. And um, yeah, I also say thank you to all the people who stayed with us. If you want to know more about Arturo, uh, Google Artuke, A-R-T-U-K-E, Artuke, like the art <laughs> of selling wine, but uh, Artuke, Artuke Wines. And uh, Google will help you, I'm sure. Gracias. Gracias.